Beyond Sin 383. Good afternoon. This is God. Beyond Synth is entirely supported by the listeners. Awesome people such as Retro Serenade, Wayland Kasky Geospatial, Forged in Neon, Slade, and A Star Apart. You're the best. Welcome to the show. Uh, I'm Andy. This is Beyond Synth, as I promised. We are closing out this year with a whole bunch of playlist episodes. I've got a ton of music to get to. We're going to be doing listener calls and stuff. I was going to call this Andy's Playlist Clearinghouse, but I think that's because I misunderstood what a clearinghouse was, and I had a jingle made, and then I realized I typed in clearinghouse into into Google and turns out a clearinghouse is some like financial institution thing and I thought it was like a warehouse where you got rid of items that you still had in stock the point is I'll play that jingle anyways but I guess we're just going to call these just Beyond Synth year end playlists and I thought we would start this one off by chatting to an old friend of the show he hasn't been here for a while his name's Mike Mendoza hey buddy man COVID was crazy right We're one of those podcasts that doesn't believe in it, by the way. (laughs) You've been out for a while. We've changed some of our policies here. Oh, man. Well, when you first told me about the clearinghouse idea, Mm. I thought you were just being purposely facetious. Because, yeah, clearinghouse had nothing to do with what you were talking about. What about, like, the... Andy's playlist liquidation sale. Everything must go. <laughs> that's not bad. I think that's what you're like trying to lean into, right? Yes. Yeah, I was using the wrong words. I to be fair, when I say I had a jingle made, I mean I got AI to make one. So I mean I could just type this liquidation in and see if it comes up with a catchy enough song. <laughs> And it's Andy's fucking playlist liquidation. But then I thought maybe that cheapens, you know, will artists be offended if I'm suggesting that it's a clearinghouse, as in I'm I'm getting rid of all the tracks I couldn't sell? Well, my reference is the PCH, those TV commercials where they would show up to people's houses with the giant check, and they'd be like, You want a million dollars, David Spade? <laughs> and people would be like, Oh my god, so- musical guest. Yes, I do remember that Publisher's Clearinghouse. That's what it is, Publisher's Clearinghouse. But I don't remember what it was. It was, you enter a sweepstakes, and one person would win the check and the TV and all the garbage. So what if you say that the fans are the winners, and this is your big check to the fans of all of your super cool, personally curated music that you haven't been able to get to? Why was it called the Publisher's Clearinghouse? Because it had to do with magazines. I think it was like you signed up for magazine <laughs> subscriptions and you would get entries into the sweepstakes. Hold on. I stopped paying for ChatGPT 4, but I still have 3 because it's free. Well, you shouldn't have stopped because now they're pausing signups. It says it can browse the web now. I know. That's my favorite part about ChatGPT 4. Ah, fuck. I'll have to sign up again. It's going to be hard because there was a big dev day this week and people trying to sign up for ChatGPT Plus 
overloaded the servers, so they paused new signups. Maybe so, maybe you can get in, because you're an old signup, you old bastard. Yeah, we'll figure this out later. First, let's kickstart this thing with some Celeract LA dreams. Uh, this is automation. Dig it. That's not part of the song. I'm saying dig it, like enjoy the song. <laughs> we'll keep this moving. Yeah, let's start it on three. Turn up the temperature to 90 degrees. I'll make my stand. You take your chances on me. was Celerect LA Dreams with the track Automation. We're here at Andy's Playlist Liquidation Sale Publisher Clearinghouse. I'm here with Mike Mendoza. He's spry. I'm not that spry anymore. <laughs> Has it been that long? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Somehow you've aged like 12 years. Hey man, to catch up, I am going to be a father very soon. How soon is that? Nine weeks, eight weeks. It's getting scary. Are you make me do math. Are you trying to find out when it is? I'm, tr- I'm trying to purposefully make that vague. <laughs> Oh, no, I'm just, uh, whenever people talk in weeks, I just fucking get confused. That's the problem between you and your psychiatrist, man. <laughs> Amen. My psychiatrist hung themselves. I was working at CBS Austin in their television department. Hmm. I was pushing buttons and being really cool, but I'm moving on so I can be more available for my wife and my baby-to-be, and I can also be more creatively active. 
and I get to do more things like this with you. Yes. Although, you say that now. <laughs> Once you have the baby, you will be in a three-month sleep deficit, and then you'll be just like, I'll be like, hey man, can you record? And you'll be like, dude, I focus sleep in two days. That's how you're gonna say it, and that's that what is you're how I say. talk, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, I mean, you can pull it off. If you can pull it off, I can do it better. Like that song. I'm trying to remember when my son was like a baby baby, if I really pulled it off, because in those years, I was only doing like 12 episodes a year, so I don't know if I really pulled off anything. You pulled yourself off? Yeah. Alright, let's get to a song! <laughs> Alright, why not? Uh, let's listen to this one. This is Ace Marino from the album Digital Memories, Analog Emotions. I like this one a lot. It's called Always You. Dig it! Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like the putting up a mirror to me of how fucking uh, unhip I am. Unhip? <laughs> two, two days ago, I unironically said, gee whiz. <laughs> well, gee whiz, enjoy this track by Ace Marino. Uh, always you. <laughs> Cause love to your skin I've been lost 
And that was Always You by Ace Marino. We're here on Andy's fucking liquidation publisher's clearinghouse. We're playing all the awesome songs we didn't get to this year. And I am joined in this particular installment by old friend Mike Mendoza. He's told us he's left his job at CBS. He's uh, awaiting fatherhood. And he likes Jack in the Box. Do you like Jack in the Box? They used to have a munchy thing years ago where it was a burger that was a grilled cheese cheeseburger. It was like one half of the bread was grilled cheese and then you just built a burger underneath it and then you built it on top of it. It was crazy. Did you like it? I don't know if I'm explaining this as much as I like. I, I used to be a stoner. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> and so like I'd, I could have a lot of words about it. But now I'm like, I don't know. They also have tacos with like a slice of American cheese in them. Never got them because it sounds stupid as hell. But um, Jack in the Box sucks. What about like just sitting back in like a big comfortable chair and just hauling back on a big fat doobie? I haven't had a doobie in like a year. Really? Yeah. Are you on fucking edibles now? I do edibles. Mm. Um, I try to smoke them as much as I can. <laughs> Grind them up. i knew someone who would grind up all of their weed at one time like they would buy their eighth or whatever and Mm -hmm. then they would grind up the entire everything and then they'd be like what how come it's so dry and dusty after like a week because you're not taking care of your weed dude i'm gonna start a tiktok about weed tips yeah you should man there's none of those i don't understand grams i just bought myself a scale because I'm, I'm starting a little bit of a health thing. <laughs> I'm into cocaine now. Well, that's the thing. The only context I've ever had for scales in people's kitchens <laughs> was always for drugs. It was never for food. And now I'm using it to sort of understand food a bit more because I kind of want to be a slightly healthier. Did you used to grow up on the bad side of the train tracks? No, it's just whenever I saw a scale, people were weighing weed with it. Like, I never saw anyone go like, got to make sure it's exactly, you know, like four grams of sugar in this recipe or whatever, which is what you do with those scales except everybody just uses them for weed so i got one and um i'm learning about weights and measures Mm. listen the publisher's clearinghouse it was a door-to-door magazine subscription sales racket but why did they have so much extra money to award people the check i think that was like part of the marketing budget because you put the commercial on tv people would win a million dollars so then more people see the commercial and they enter the the sweepstakes and buy magazines lawsuits and settlements this is an interesting uh i'm gonna read this now you talk All right, well, how about this? (laughs) While you read that article, we'll listen to a track. This is Andrew Lucent from his album Second Chance. This is Into the Night.
And that was Into the Night by Andrew Lacent. We're here. Andy's Liquidation Clearinghouse. We're getting, we're playing all the awesome tracks I didn't get a chance to play this year. We're going to be doing this all through December and I guess November as well if this episode airs in November. And I'm here with old friend Mike Mendoza. We're talking about the Publishers Clearinghouse. We're talking about weighing weed on scales. Yeah, I started calorie counting. What do you think about that? I tried it. And what I discovered is that it's almost impossible because different things will have different numbers for calories. Mm -hmm. And my brain needs like the actual data, even if it's off by like five points. You can add these things up with this website's numbers and get to a certain total. And then you add based on a different guides thing and have different totals throughout the day. And I think I've gotten to a point where it's more about just balance and energy management for me. I grew up like a feral animal and I I just ate like junk food and frozen food all the time, I guess. Not to say that my mom's a terrible mother. <laughs> <laughs> hey man, I didn't say nothing. But uh, I don't know, just like in my adult life, I was never good at picking myself up and cooking myself a meal and so I kind of had to force myself to because then you'd wait all day long to, you know you have breakfast in the morning and then you wait all day long until like 3 p.m. 4 p.m. to eat your next thing because you're not paying attention to it mm-hmm. and by 3 p.m. you're like <laughs> like you're shaking and anxious and nervous and weird and and I tried the calorie counting and scheduling my meals but I hate being told what to do even if it's myself yeah you're your regular John Locke uh, that's a lost reference Remember at the end of that episode, and he's like, don't tell me what I can't do. Was that it? I'll see you in another life, brother. I think what I like about the the thing is not so much, right. like right now I'm in a phase where I'm not actually necessarily trying to diet. What I'm finding interesting is just knowing what I'm actually eating, like just making a note of it, just so I can just have a list, and then I'm just going to do that for a few weeks and just weigh myself and then just see. It is incredibly helpful to have a certain set of numbers. It doesn't have to be based off of anything else I've learned, as long as your set of your your own numbers yes. are consistent. Yeah, and that's I think that's the key is like you got to just know the way your body burns the things because you can't go by some like random number on the internet because you might your metabolism just might be different. So right. a few weeks of just seeing how much I eat and and seeing how much I weigh and if it stays the same then it's like okay, I guess I burn this much a day, so if I want to get rid of those love handles <laughs> I've got cheek love handles. Like, I can have a nice looking body, but my face will always look I'm a fat baby. Well, that's what prompted this whole thing for me. I was taking a picture for one of like my Instagram photos and I saw myself at an angle I don't normally see. And the problem is, I'm a skinny guy. And so if I eat and I start to eat unhealthily and like I'm just eating junk all the time, the weight just goes to my belly and my neck. And your pussy and your crack? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Listen. Oh yeah. Speaking of listening, we got a song to play. You can <laughs> Wait, hold no. The other thought. half of the what? The food numbers is after a while you won't need to measure anything because you're used to the patterns. Okay. Well, speaking of patterns, <laughs> we, we're going to be we're listening to songs every few minutes. So here's one. This is the Lightning Kids, and this is special because it's been remixed by Sunglasses Kid, who's a cool guy blowing up on TikTok. All right. This is the Lightning Kids with Motel, the Sunglasses Kid remix. Oh, that's lightning. Sure. 
That was the Lightning Kids with Motel, the Sunglasses Kid remix. And uh, we're here. We're talking to uh, Mr. Mike Mendoza. We're talking about calories, but we can move on. The audience is going to be upset about it. Why do you think Sunglasses Kid is blowing up on TikTok? Well, I think the thing that he started... The POV mood things? Yeah, like he was... If he wasn't the first, he was definitely like at the very beginning of that POV, you're in a dark alley at nighttime. And he is a talented musician. Like he does these compositions on the fly that are really good. Dream Kid sort of borrowed the idea but because of his image I think he sort of exploded first yeah but he was essentially doing what Sunglasses Kid was doing, but he had like a unique image that sort of helped power it as well. And then I think when people caught on to the idea of the POV 80s soundtrack kind of video, and then if they discover Sunglasses Kid through that, since he's actually talented at doing those sorts of arrangements and stuff on the fly, that it's sort of, was that trickle-down economics? <laughs> <laughs> is, is that what Reagan was talking about? <laughs> Bro, you need, a, you need history lessons. <laughs> 
You don't know what a fucking clearinghouse is. <laughs> Every break, you've been saying the word clearinghouse after the word liquidation because you can't get it out of your mind, and yeah, it's making me crazy. I'm sorry. It's going to happen literally all through <laughs> December as we, as we do the Andy's liquidation. Part of why I bring that up, because you did open up that uh, interesting topic about TikTok, mm. is the question that I'm leading towards is like, is Synthwave just a coalescing of moods and feelings can there be more to it once you apply more to it does it not become synthwave anymore it's like when people find synthwave on tiktok all they're gonna think is that there's just these old guys remembering their dodge shadows and their crushes and their lockers and stuff you know i recently recorded an interview with lifelike that might not air until the beginning of next season i think i gave <laughs> one of my more honest appraisals of the synthwave scene I think I ever have because I honestly think it's always just going to be this weird niche thing. I don't think it can. I think other famous people can co-opt the sound and bring it to a mainstream pop audience, but I think synthwave as itself in its purest form is just always destined to be It's always going to be sunglasses kid graduation. Yeah. It's the soundtrack to movie scenes. Yes. Yeah, and I mean like that's it's weird. It's weird cuz I love it, but I think it's time I'm 10 years in of doing this show anyways and you know even longer of the scene sort of existing that maybe it's time to come to terms with the fact that uh, <laughs> we're a bunch of old men remembering uh, <laughs> arcades and all this other stuff and that's just what synthwave is and some people like that it's an elaborate way to express your nostalgia yes I usually do it by flashing, by wearing, like, a beige overcoat and, like, running around and, like, streaking and stuff. Yes, just like the gremlin. Yeah, because that's the way it used to be. Speaking of which... No. I feel bad for the artists who I throw to their songs after just saying something really stupid. Speaking of fucking streaking and being a fucking public pervert, here's a song by Dead Rituals, all right? Uh, it's called Dark, and uh, I hope you dig it, because I do. Never start again
played, and that was Dead Rituals with the track Dark on Andy's Liquidation Clearinghouse <laughs> Publisher's Sale <laughs> Warehouse. We're playing all the awesome songs we didn't get to this year, and uh, I hope you support all these artists we're listening to because it's pretty cool. I'm joined today by old pal Mike Mendoza, who uh, is a cool guy. Did you watch any movies this year that you liked? Yes. What'd you watch? <laughs> I think my favorite movie of the year was the Ninja Turtles movie. Okay. I saw it twice in theaters. It was amazing. Barbie was amazing Mm -hmm. because men are the worst Mm -hmm. and uh, women should be put up on a pedestal, but not in that way, Andy, you fucko. Uh, No, I like to put them on pedestals and then whack off. Because that's, kind of, <laughs> that's the kind of guy I am. I'm going to make a song called Jack in the Box, and you'll know what it's about <laughs> yeah. very soon into the song. <laughs> I just like the idea of, like, I don't even know what I just described. It sounds funny, but it's just like, what does it mean to put someone on a pedestal and whack off? Like, as if that means anything. <laughs> I haven't seen either of those films. Did you get to see Mission Impossible Part 1? No. I did get caught up on the Mission Impossible series. Yes. That was a nice surprise because those movies were actually really, really good and for some reason I didn't watch them for the longest time and they just got better and better and better and honestly I think Part 5 and Part 6 were my favorite. Really solid. Although I will say there is a sort of cliche I'm noticing now as I've started getting caught up on some action movies I hadn't seen before of the villain being taken away in one of those like black armored vehicles with guards but then it's all part of an elaborate plot to break the villain out and then there's like some sort of gunfight on a bridge. Oh, like the guy with the beard? Yeah, so that, it's the same as the Joker. It's the same as uh, the guy with the beard. I think in Mission Impossible 3 that happens the same way too where the bad guy's in an armored car but then it gets attacked on a bridge. It's Con Air all over again. They also do that in Swordfish. It's also, there's a James Bond film, the Timothy Dalton James Bond film, same thing, bad guys in an armored car, gets attacked on a bridge, and it's all part of an elaborate scheme to escape with the help of uh, one of the police officers who's actually, like, who turns bad and he's in on it. And I think the one that happened in Mission Impossible was, like, exactly that, and I'm like, this is a very familiar (laughs) scenario. (laughs) This is why the moods, the synthwave moods are getting popular on TikTok. It's people who haven't seen these things before. And people like to complain about how movies are just copying other movies. This one did it first. Hey, I just oh, did that. The Avengers copied Hey, fucking. no, no. It's like you're telling me I'm stupid. It's like you're telling me I'm stupid because I just <laughs> did that. And now you're like, you know what people do? That stupid thing you just did. <laughs> <laughs> well, I like to think uh, it's you're, you're way too dogmatic about movies. Mm. We had this conversation about Superman 2 and Superman Returns. Did we? And you were like, yeah, but fucking 3 happened and 4 happened. Yeah, well, Superman Returns just picks up after 2. What's the problem with that? Oh, no, but that's the thing. We Look, we got to listen to a song and then we'll fucking... Uh, we'll... <laughs> <laughs> this I is gotta... actually... This is a genuine tease. Uh, If I was listening, I'd be like, oh my god, I have to hear where they're going with this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) There's like, people are on the edge of their seats to find out what Andy feels about Superman 2. Yeah. We're gonna listen to this song from Caspro from his album Making Waves. I love Caspro. Yeah, Caspro makes awesome music. I will say this, I think I did invite him to be a guest, and he's one of those guys that's like, you know what? I'm kind of a private dude, and I'm like, okay. Anyway, let's listen to this song. This is... uh, He's gonna be on my show next week. Well, fuck you. (laughs) This is Babylon. (laughs) by Caspro.
right, and that was Caspro with the track Babylon from the album Making Waves. I know it's probably inappropriate for me to do like a Jamaican accent, but whenever I see that word, I just want to quote King Willie from Predator 2. <laughs> I love that character so much. I guess he's a problem, but like, it's awesome. That movie's amazing. I love Predator 2. Yeah, no, Predator 2 is awesome. <laughs> the lighting in the police scene with all the smoke. Yeah. There's sunset light coming in through blinds through the whole scene. That's like one of the quintessential things in my mind of like the 80s, 1987 kind of thing. There's so many movies from the 90s that I used to write off before movies kind of got shittier and then when I go back and return to them now it's like ah but when you go back and see movies that are like these big budget Hollywood movies that are still shot on film and have real stunts and real smoke in the background in these scenes and stuff and colorful characters and Predator 2 is one of those that I always thought was fine but in hindsight no it's a fucking solid movie it's not Predator 1 but in its own right is still an entertaining over the top it, it, it almost feels like it takes place in the same universe as Robocop like just the weird sense of humor of like the weird news anchor guy like how he's like downtown in the middle of a gunfight filming the fucking uh, like hard copy kind of show and it's kind of ridiculous and the, and the violence the ultra violence going on in the streets it's mm-hmm. the year 1997 it's good man and it's got some really funny and King Willie is amazing like I love that character he's just so silly and he offers nothing to the plot because he's wrong you know like fucking Danny Glover has to go through all this trouble of getting high in the back of this car or these people hotboxing it to take him to drug lord King Willie he's like what's going on and then King Willie's just like hey from the other side he's just a fucking high and he's not from the other side he's just an alien like I think Predator 2 is the prequel to Johnny Mnemonic now that you're saying that because <laughs> Johnny Mnemonic is like the same kind of crazy but like 30 years later what actually surprised me because I completely forgot about Johnny Mnemonic and then I watched it a few years ago and it's like plot wise is so close to le- the first like Deus Ex game like all those sort of cyberpunk tropes with the corporate espionage yeah it's like hitting all of them like all the fucking uh, you know like the, the city states where like there's like we're in new Tokyo and new New York and there was like it was literally like the same plot of, as that game is anyway whatever the first game came out in like the 80s right it was like a click adventure cyberpunk that's a good question like it was like on dos i believe was it it's like one of those early early games where i thought the so the first deus ex isn't the one that was like the 3d oh no deus ex was like the i think the first 3d one yeah maybe i think it was the sequel wait what are we talking about what is the name of deus ex i think deus ex is the subtitle is Deus Ex the first one just called Deus Ex? Because later all the sequels are all like Mankind Divided and the others. Yeah, I just found the Latin phrase. I need to type game. All right, well, how about this? While you type game, we'll listen to music. I got one here from Ultra Bus. He came with a cool album called Yacht Master and in brackets special edition. But I think that was the only edition. Who knows? Who knows, man? But look, this song's fun. This is Visions of Never by Ultra Bus.
And that was Ultra Bus with the track Visions of Never from Yacht Master. And we're here, Andy's Liquidation Clearing House. We're publishing tracks. We didn't hear. No, we're not publishing them. We're just a publisher. <laughs> we're just a publisher clearinghouse. They published them. We play them. And I collected so many songs this year that we're just going to listen to as the year ends and have fun. Chats. Ultra Boss is a little extreme for me. I like Sorta Boss. I'll ask him to change his name. Okay, look, Deus Ex Machina is a video game published in October 1984 for the ZX Spectrum and then later converted to Commodore 64. Is that considered, though, the prequel to the 3D Deus Ex? I honestly don't know. I was talking <laughs> about the Cyberpunk game because you know how Cyberpunk 77? Yes, but Deus... Hold on here. That Did- was based on another one that was also from the olden days. Okay, hold on here. Uh, so we got Deus Ex, series of role-playing video games, bing, bling, blah... Square Enix. I know it was created by Warren Spector. There so, are nerds out there who are like, well, you fucking know? You don't fucking know anything. I do believe the first one is not like a text-based game. Like, I think it is Cyberpunk the one from is the a 90s. tabletop role-playing game. Yes, yes, that's true. I'm talking about Deus Ex. Published Sex. in 1988. That's, okay, that's the one I was thinking about. Yes, we're having slightly parallel conversations, but like the... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, because uh, my wife worked in daycare and they call it like parallel play, you know, when the kids are young. They're sort of playing but they're kind of playing separate games just near each other and it kind of works and so and it seems like they're playing together but really they're in their own little world and that's what's happening here i get it man we're like four-year-olds don't change andy yeah i remember reading like you know video game articles and they would always talk about warren specter one of those video game genius um creator guys who's that well because he made the deus ex series or the first one i'm on the cyberpunk page so i'm not looking at it anymore (laughs) but then really like what else did he do like i feel like some people they're there at the beginning of something it's like that outliers thing you know what i mean they're right place right time they develop a popular thing and then for the rest of their lives they're seen as like that genius who video game guy and then really it's like well they made like a few good games like in the 90s and then like what did they do later on fucking what about notch would you count notch in that category who the fuck is notch the guy who made minecraft he basically reinvented legos for the computers i said the computers how old am i i guess i mean like <laughs> minecraft is i personally don't get a lot out of it but i i appreciate what it is i think he did a good thing it's digital legos i think he, he just took the money and ran didn't he he took the money yeah i wish you could make smaller squares that's what i wish you could do in that game why don't you send a letter to notch and then he'll make a game called smaller squares but not include yeah. you in any <laughs> yeah. of it. that would be a wicked game smaller squares like the whole thing about like the very very most popular things are generally just a tweak on the last thing that almost had it like how facebook did more things than myspace did to make it just a tiny bit more viral yeah and then tiktok came along and they said this is smaller squares you recognize all the squares from facebook and now these ones are tinier smaller squares is not a bad synthwave artist name fucking slap an 83 on there and you got a stew going <laughs> <laughs> that's why that's why i named myself modern knight when i was coming up with a new name because i was like well what's the fucking opposite of everybody else <laughs> that's a good point actually <laughs> I like that. Speaking of music, let's listen to this track from Gem Wave. Gem Wave makes cool music. This is from the album Entering Space, and this is Pigments in Space.
And that was Pigments in Space by Gem Wave. That's a cool one. Can you promise me to put a little echo and reverb on this? On what? Pigments in Space! I'm going to do the opposite of that. Can I, like, suck all the, uh... (laughs) What do you call... What's the reverse of reverb? (laughs) Just dry. Dry. Signal. Can you pull... So to pull... Uh, okay, this is going nowhere. All right, you, uh, <laughs> what, what were we talking about, Superman? <laughs> is Pigs in Space from Sesame Street? You know, I completely forgot about that skit. See, my favorite Sesame Street one, I loved those aliens. When I was a kid, that was my favorite. The, the aliens that go, yip, 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 And they move on, they pick up like a book. Book, 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 book. <laughs> <And the grunner. laughs> It still makes me laugh. That still makes me laugh. 1970s Bert and Ernie skits make me laugh because I like watching old Sesame Street when they can still call each other stupid and stuff. I love those where like Ernie says something and Bert's just like, that's stupid, Ernie. And like it gets mad at him. I love Oscar the Grouch, like the 70s and 80s Oscar the Grouch when he was like a lot surlier and called people idiots and stuff. Hey, I saw a recent Sesame Street where he was being a dick and I loved it. It was like this little puppet who was like, who had awesome bouncy hair, which I, I'm like, wow, they, the Muppet technology has gone through the roof since I started watching stuff. And uh, the Muppet was like, oh, my sweater doesn't fit me anymore. I'm going to throw it out in the trash. And Oscar was like, what the hell? This is still a good sweater. No, the trash is for stuff that's rotten. Get out of here, you yeah. dork. And I was like, yeah, Oscar, you show that kid. No, Oscar is awesome. I actually really like 70s Sesame Street. Like, There's just something about the vibe. I liked when the street felt more real. Like, it was kind of, like, dirty a bit. And they had Muppets that were just real characters. Because I feel like whenever I catch clips of it now, it's like they're all monsters. Like, there's no more, like, Guy Smiley or Dawn or, like, puppets who are meant to be people. They're all fuzzy monster type things. Yeah. And I miss it when, like, there was just puppets for people. Like, I like the surly characters. There was always, like, it's like, hey, I'm the garbage man and like there's characters like that in the 70s and then like they sort of phased those kind of characters out yeah sometimes i just like talking like a monster from the back in the days this is not what you're talking about <laughs> well but i mean <laughs> <laughs> what they were they had cool voices i like i like surly puppets yeah like, like talking like a monster is very cool what, is that harry yes harry monster oh i love harry he's just kind of I'm just going to buy an apple from the store and... Oh, this apple's moldy. I don't like that one. Moldy. Yeah, Harry Monster. There's a whole bunch that just are not there anymore. This shift happened with the popularity of Elmo. I just don't like that character. And I don't like Muppets like the kid Muppets. Like, my favorites were always the sort of angry, older monsters who were always upset about something or had, like, a chip on their shoulder. Like, they're they're more interesting to me than, like, wide-eyed moron kid. Like, that is not an interesting character type for me. Oh, (laughs) They're always, like, kind of mopey about something. Oh, I can't wear my favorite sweater anymore because it doesn't fit. It's going to teach kids to cry about everything. Yeah, man. This is the longest segment we've done so far. All right. Okay, let's (laughs) listen to a song. Andy, we're taking too long. All right. Well, then listen to this. This is uh, from Devours uh, from the album Homecoming Queen. I think I had him on the show last season. He's a cool guy. makes fun music. And this is 10 Things I Crave About You.
And that was 10 Things I Crave About You by Devours from the album Homecoming Queen. I think that's his most recent album. Uh, good stuff. I'm here with Mike. We're having Andy's Liquidation Clearinghouse. All the songs Don't I didn't get to. Don't you put that on me, Ricky Bobby. Hey, man. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> How about that? Dude, one of my favorite lines from Talladega Nights is when he's doing his little ads montage and he's like, if you don't chew Big Red, then fuck you. (laughs) I haven't seen that movie in a long time. It's a good one. I saw that one in theaters with my mom. Yeah. And then we snuck in to go see Barnyard with Whoopi Goldberg. And it was so terrible that we walked out of that one. I don't even know what that is. Is it a cartoon? Yeah, it's like, I think it was a very shittily computer generated movie from like, I think it was 2008. (laughs) (laughs) tim allen says he's open to doing more home improvement how do you feel about that oh 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 i love tim allen Mm. he is quite a hollywood phenomenon there was a reddit post that was like what's the deal with tim allen because he's not like super talented or incredibly buff or hot or anything like that speak for yourself (laughs) (laughs) jack in the box he had the number one movie the number one tv show and the number one book and i think also the number one album album maybe his comedy album he had all these number ones at the exact same time Mm. and he was just like america's dad who's who's america's dad to you is it tom hanks people always think it's tom hanks or say it's tom hanks america's dad can we collectively agree that tim allen's america's dad i don't know that's a good question I mean, you know, I'm a retro guy, so I got to go with the cause on this one. I was going to say, yeah, my boy, <laughs> Billy. <laughs> uh, he's a good guy. That's inappropriate. It's Christmas time. Listen, for Christmas time, America's dad is Arnold. Actually, he's a terrible father. You know, the parents in these Christmas movies are fucking awful. Kevin's mom forgot him twice in two years. That's true. It's in my song, uh, Merry Christmas to Me by Hoo-Ha. On Bandcamp. Yeah, does that branding get confusing when you, like, rename yourself? (laughs) Yes, very much. (laughs) I'm still explaining it to people who, like, come across my stuff. And I haven't been active, and people keep following me and subscribing, and my monthly SoundCloud streaming revenue keeps going up by, like, 30 cents a month, and I don't know how. (laughs) Inflation. I'm not... (laughs) (laughs) shit i'm selling less movie tickets but i'm making more money i hate the world (laughs) well look i tell you what i love is listening to music Mm. so let's uh, listen to this one from matt doll from the album or the night flight ep i feel like i might have played this song on the show before but uh i like it so we're gonna play it again (laughs) (laughs) if i did it was years ago because this came out years and years ago but it's a great uh, pop song and uh, it's called tears of another life by Matt Dahl.
Doll with the track Tears of Another Life from the Night Flight EP. And we are just playing tons of songs. You know, we're wrapping up the year. I've got so many songs to play. And what better way to do it than uh, with old pal Mike Mendoza, who, as we started recording, he turned to me and said, did you know that uh, Call of Duty Modern Warfare 3's first playlist update has players glowing red? No, I think I was talking about the conflict in Gaza. Oh, yeah. (laughs) My audience would love that. (laughs) Basically, what I wanted to say was, where is Gaza? That's a very good question. I've never understood that whole region, and we are literally going to stop this (laughs) dead in its tracks. (laughs) All right. So, what else have you watched? You watch any... (laughs) Um, <laughs> did you get to see Ant-Man Part 3? It's on streaming, so did you see that? on? I never even watched it when it came out. I did watch it. I saw it in theaters. I liked it in theaters, I, but I think it's because Paul Rudd is my favorite dude. Yeah, okay. All of these new run of Marvel movies, I don't hate them, but they are not written very well. Like, I, as I was watching the movie, I'm like, this is fine. Like, I don't hate it. 
as I was looking at it, but the story is so stupid. There's a point where I'm like, wait a second, so the whole premise of this film is that his daughter's now a super genius who just happened to learn how to send signals into the fucking quantum verse, and then they're all standing around the table and they turn on the machine without any foresight to like what could happen, and then they're all just sucked in. And the mom keeps going. This is happening several times in the movie, where she goes... But wait, you don't understand. There could be. And then the person does the fucking thing. Yeah. Like they don't just stop and listen to her. And it's like uh, every threes company episode where all they needed to do was to just have a conversation about the where they're going to be in two hours and who's coming over. Yeah. Like just don't turn on the machine. I mean, the problem is that the story was stupid. But then if we compare that to Spider-Man No Way Home, that is also a really dumb setup. But since it had classic Spider-Man and classic villains in it, it won me over for the nostalgia factor like okay I like to see Willem Dafoe and fucking you know Doc Ock and and Tobey Maguire. Wasn't it the first big COVID movie? Yes. At least the one that everybody wanted to go out because it set records. Yes and I had to see it. Fast 9 came out in the summertime and only a few people saw it but Spider-Man everybody saw. Because if if I'm going to criticize the story of Ant-Man I do have to acknowledge that the setup of No Way Home is also just as stupid. It's like, so Spider-Man wants people to forget him, and then he literally doesn't let Doctor Strange do the spell properly and, like, interrupts him while he's doing it, and it makes it more complicated. Like, it's a really silly setup. Yeah, everything that's stupid about that movie in the cartoon generally gets set up by, I'm working on my brand new machine! (laughs) It's exploding! And then, like, something cool happens? Mm. Why couldn't that happen? happen why couldn't he just be sciencing a machine and then this happens why does it have to be at the the sacrifice of this character dr strange's intelligence the dungeons and dragony point numbers just do not work for me no so for me it's like it had the benefit of all this spider-man nostalgia so like i'm like hey i'm happy about it but yes the more you think about any of a lot of the marvel movies now they just fall completely flat but i tell you what doesn't is cool music This is Cat Temper from the album Furio. This is Sin of the Kitty.
that was Sin of the Kitty by Cat Temper, who likes to name all his songs Cat Puns, because uh, I like cats, I guess. I'm here with Mike. We're just listening to cool music. I got so many songs to play, and all through this month, we're going to be listening to tons of songs and catching up. Okay. Cat Ching up. Ooh, very good. You get a cookie. Thank you. Have you ever listened to these perfection disco remixes on YouTube? No, I think YouTube is the devil's tool. <laughs> yeah, man, YouTube is the devil's tool. <laughs> King Willy. <laughs> <I'll get> the- <laughs> no, no, I'm doing my best Adrian Brody impression. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Protect your neck. <laughs> oh, he was kind of doing King Willy, right? <laughs> yeah. Let's just all assume that he was doing King Willie. <laughs> what were we even talking about? I don't Cats. know. Cats. Okay, so did you did you play a game? We gotta catch up on what we haven't talked about uh, over the last year. So, um, any any games? I haven't had time for gaming, but I did just buy a Switch. <laughs> the last console I got was a PS3 in 2013. Mm. And I only ever bought two games. And no, the games were gifted to me as a Christmas present. GTA V which I played all day when it came out. Yep. And The Last of Us, which I started and never finished until like three or four years later. So what do you think about that show? <laughs> I mean, I liked it. I liked the game as well. It had been so long since I played the game that I didn't really remember anything. So like I wasn't like caught off guard by changes or whatever, you know? Yeah. Because even when they did that Nick Offerman one, I was like, I don't even remember this character. So like it didn't bother me that they sort of elaborated on that character in sort of different ways than they do in the game. But like, you know, it was it was well acted and, and good. Well, I'm playing that new Mario Kart 1 <laughs> no, it's not Mario Kart. <laughs> but I do have the... We got the download for Mario Kart 8, and I can't stand starting that fucking game. Because the Mario guy, Robert Martinet... Charles. Charles Martinet. He plays Jumpman in the movie, which... The movie is cute. It's a fun movie. He's like, Mario Kart 8! <laughs> every fucking time. And it's not cute, and it's not fun. <laughs> I just mute my TV now when I start it. Listen, he's the Mario ambassador now. You don't have to worry about him. Mario's got a new voice. Who? Some guy. I don't know. Chris Pratt? No, it's like uh, some guy. Oh, you mean like a new actual Mario guy? Yeah, like in, in Mario Wonder, it's no longer Charles Martinet. It's a different guy. Oh. Yeah, well, yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. Well, I, I'm enjoying the game. It looks gorgeous. Yep. The sound design is amazing. My favorite thing is the jump noise. It's a guitar band. It's like, boom, boom. It's a pluck that goes up. And it's so satisfying. And the speed of note changing is just wonderful. I don't know how to express that anymore. It's fucking, it's brilliant. It's really great. And I love the idea that they told the designers, there is no time limit for this game. Just make the best game that you could have possibly made. It shows. It's a really, really well done game. And for the first big Mario game that I've played in a long time as a new one, it's so, so good. Yes, I think, uh, well, how about this? Let's listen to a song and then we'll fucking keep talking about Mario Wonder. Because I have it as well and I think it is really good. So let's uh, listen to this and then we'll come back and compare notes on Mario Wonder. But first, we gotta listen to this track from Michaela May. This is Monster.
was Monster by Michaela May. Oh, hey, is that song about me? All right. (laughs) Stupid. (laughs) We're catching up on Andy's liquidation sale. We are listening to all the awesome songs. I didn't have time to play. I miss this, Andy. I miss the things that make me laugh. When you make me laugh, I sound like the Crypt Keeper. Did you watch the new Crypt Keeper show? The cartoon? Is there not a, a reboot of Tales from the Crypt? I remember... He was hosting a series of like movies. I don't know where it was. Was it on sci-fi or some kind of like sci-fi? Oh, service? I'm thinking like you made the Alamo Draft House. <laughs> no, he was like, uh, and coming up next, kiddies, mm. it's gonna be Leprechaun in the Hood. Now we're talking like Leprechaun though. It's Leprechaun in the Hood. Hey, King Willie, <laughs> Irish. <bird. laughs> I don't know. <laughs> My Irish always turns into Jamaican at some point. You know, in the same way that I'm uh, such a progressive person that I don't see. Color. I also don't hear accents. So to me, just everybody is King Willie. How about that? You hear my cat? What's he doing? Well, it's the first of she, all right? Oh, sorry! Fucking asshole! How's your cat doing? A little gremlin. Well, we got two, and uh, right now Johnny is asleep, which is actually good, because when he comes in here when I'm recording, he goes crazy, because he's fucking nibbles on the cables and climbs the walls and stuff. <laughs> I'm at the point where my cats, I can do this stuff now, and my cats aren't, like, fighting to do the same stuff. Bat around my cords and chew stuff. <laughs> they want to get on mic. <laughs> I'm the host. All right, come up. There she goes. Did you hear about Alan Ruck's car crash? Yeah, it sounded, I heard there was a technical problem, like something wacky happened in his futuristic truck. Yeah, he's driving a Rivian. It's an all-electric truck. It's not a Tesla. I have a coworker. I had a coworker who says Tesla. Well, so does fucking Elon Musk. That's the way he pronounces that word. I haven't ever heard him say that. Tesla. Tesla. No, he says Tesla. He says what a Tesla. fucking asshole. Yeah. God damn, that guy. Every time you talk about him, you're always talking about him. Hey, man. Well, look, he's my idol. I love him. I love that he has uh, toy guns and cans of fucking Diet Coke on his uh, bedside table. That makes him a cool guy in my book. Do you think he's so cool for that one time he smoked weed on Joe Rogan? Look how cool he looks. You know, where the smoke and he's kind of making that sort of scrunched up face. I like how cool he looked when he's like, hey, our windows of our cyber truck are indestructible and then someone tossed like a ball at it and it shattered <laughs> that's those are my favorite things all right let's get out of here <laughs> listen here uh, i got a cool track from dead life he makes awesome music and this is an awesome song this is from his album city of eternal rain this is tomorrow's children
And that was Tomorrow's Children by Dead Life from the album City of Eternal Rain. We're playing all sorts of awesome music as we wind down. I was going to make a uh, Tales from the Crypt Keeper pun. Mm-hmm. That was a weird way to say that. On um, whoever the next artist name was going to be mm-hmm. but you said dead life and like i was like oh, all right well whatever <laughs> can't pun that it's got the word dead in it decapitated head life so yeah mario wonder i play all the mainline uh mario games i fucking mainline them into my fucking <laughs> and the, the <laughs> i was like as long as you're measuring it and taking them responsibly yeah, with yeah. your little kitchen scale. So I think this is, honestly, like it is the most creative and interesting 2D Mario has been in a while. So I think it's fun. I like how every level is sort of different. I like when you like take the mushroom trip plant. It's like sort of a unique thing for that level because they, they don't often repeat the things. And so it just gives the game a nice, unique feeling because I feel like the new Super Mario Brothers phase that they've been in for like 15 years, those games just have such a generic looking style and they're still fine like they're still decent games but this one feels like a true like they could have called this mario brothers 4 like that that would have been cool if they did something like that oh yeah like if it was a sequel from three and we forgot about all the other movies in between (laughs) (laughs) yeah like that (laughs) oh for video games it's okay but for movies it's impossible well no my okay so we're alluding to a conversation we had in private yes all right the audience was not privy to it and i alluded to the idea that the example was superman returns based on superman 2 officially and you were like yeah but three and four exist so i can't get it out of my head i'm a fucking idiot no because you (laughs) no because you're slightly misinterpreting my point my point is oh okay here's where the backpedaling comes in yeah yeah so basically i was saying the opposite of what you heard and you just misheard everything i said and you're stupid (laughs) okay so Oh, no. Oh, shit. He got me. Mm. You totally got you. No, my point is, it's not that you can't. Like, obviously, anyone can make whatever they want. So if you want to make the Halloween movie that's like, this is the real part two, you can. It's hard because once a movie actually exists in the canon, it's always going to exist. So no matter how much you pretend that the other sequels didn't happen, it's always going to be pretend because they did happen. Even if they suck so bad, you know what I mean? So if you want to make the alien movie that pretends Alien 3 didn't happen, you can. But Alien 3 did happen. Okay, but in your mind, are you including the details and plots and characters from Alien 3 in the sequel that you're watching? That's the thing. It almost feels like now the only way to do it properly is just you have to acknowledge the history kind of warts and all. Like In a way, Spider-Man No Way Home kind of did that, right? It was sort of like, well, Goblin shows up and he sh- he breaks his mask everyone didn't like the goblin mask and so it's like you don't pretend he didn't have the mask he has it but then you give him a reason to sort of switch his costume or something and you know um, Electro was kind of lame in the Andrew Garfield movie but you bring him into this one and go there's some wacky reason why Electro is actually a cooler character in this movie now but you don't pretend that he wasn't what he was in the other place. So I feel like these sequels are playing this pretend of like the other sequels didn't happen. And I feel like maybe you just have to embrace it. Just go, look, this is the legacy, man. Freddy's dead. Freddy 3D. It happened. You can pretend that this Freddy movie takes place after Dream Warriors. Or you can just say, hey, remember that time it was a bunch of shitty movies happened in a row? You know, that's it. What position are you taking that it's okay? <laughs> <Hold on>. So <laughs> you're fucking annoying. <laughs> 
Because my position was, who gives a shit? Let's just pretend that Superman Returns is the direct sequel from what, Superman 2. What I'm 2. saying is... Yes, the other ones did come out, but we're not going to include Richard Pryor in right. in our thoughts of Superman Returns. Right, but what I'm saying... And we're saying, not going to put our thoughts of yes, I understand Sun the, Man. I understand the concept... But what I'm saying is you are pretending. Yes. Right? It's so so it's fine, but in the back of my head, I'm always going to remember the things that existed. So there is an a-, a willful act of like on the part of the viewer to be like to pretend. This is the part of the conversation that you were saying you don't want to do it. And I was saying, who gives a shit? No, it's not that I don't want to. It's saying I can't. I would love to. Believe me, I would love to pretend that RoboCop 3 didn't happen. <laughs> I would love to pretend that these shitty movies didn't happen. I'd love to pretend that the last like eight years of Doctor Who got like just- You brought that up in the last time with the RoboCop. What are you talking about? Was there a sequel that forgot about RoboCop 3? Okay, so the look, we gotta listen to some music. <laughs> Because it all it all connects back to the same director. It's the District 9 dude. Well, here, let's just fucking listen to a song. I got an interesting track here from uh, More Made from the album Push Pull. This is You To Me. Thank you. 
And that was You to Me by Mormaid from the album Push Pull. I just thought that was like an interesting track. There's kind of like neat things going on there. But the point is, all right, we're here. We're listening to cool music. Tons of songs that I've wanted to play the audience all year. I'm here with Mike. We're catching up. We're talking about those sequels that pretend that the previous movies didn't happen. So yeah, talk about RoboCop. So the director of District 9, Blomkamp. Yeah, he made the fucking Gran Turismo movie this year. And that's a great movie. Okay. But he is... Oh, I didn't see it. So he originally had this idea to do an Alien sequel that was like a direct sequel to Aliens. And there was concept art and everyone got all excited about it because it was like Michael Bean was in it. I still think Alien 3 is okay movie, but story-wise, it is really disappointing, right? Because like Alien 2 builds up after this big rescue and then Alien 3 just starts with like, hey, everybody's dead. It kind of did what Alien 2 started at the beginning, but in a terrible way. It was like, another other version of Ripley traveling through time via sleep and none of the original characters are there anymore. Yes, at least in the first one, all those characters died in that movie, whereas in this one, everybody died in the title sequence of Alien 3. So it's like, it's a, by the way, the little girl <laughs> you spent the whole movie saving, dead. By the way, Michael Bean, dead. So it's disappointing. And so people have always kind of wanted a sequel that sort of disregards it. So this would have been literally like an alternative universe sequel. It doesn't just pretend that Alien Alien 3 didn't happen, it literally changes the lore and says, actually, this is the real sequel. It didn't end up happening, although people were excited about the idea. And then the same dude had this idea for a RoboCop 3, might have even taken place after part one. I can't remember if it was part one or part two, which is sort of what the video game is doing. He never got to make that movie. No, and he never got to make that one either. Okay. So there's this camp of people who they're dissatisfied with the way a franchise went, and then they want to pretend... What if, you know, part three, four, and five never happened? And this is the real sequel, right? They did that with the Halloween movies. I think they've done that with the Halloween movies twice. Yeah, because they had H2O was supposed to be the sequel from number two, I think. Yes, and then the new ones. And it's fine, right? Like, and if you make a good movie, great. And there's this aspect of sort of pretending because now you have to disregard the story that you already know to be true because it already exists. That's actually not true because this is the real sequel. The problem is it's always going to be hard because you have to pretend. Like, you have to pretend the other ones didn't happen. And my only thing is, it's just really hard because they did happen. It's sort of like we kind of have to suck it up. Do you think Superman... As an alien who came to Earth who can fly here, do you think that's real? Yes. And I think that what happened is, in part three, he and Richard Pryor got together and had some plan to defraud the banks or something. I don't even remember the... Superman and Richard Pryor were teaming up together. Now that's a movie I'd watch. That movie fucking freaked me out. Superman 3. Oh yeah, the robot thing always scared me. You know what? uh, The car squishing scene, when he's getting squished by cars, Mm. that always scared the hell out of me. I think I have like a claustrophobia, buried alive fear because of that. The robot lady at the end of part three, that scene is like honestly one of the scariest, freakiest scenes I've ever seen in a thing. It's just so upsetting because of the way it's filmed in reverse and the weird scream she makes. And then it cuts to Richard Pryor eating popcorn while he watches. Yeah, it's a a funny movie, that. It's not good. (laughs) Uh, But I tell you what is good is cool music. So let's listen to this track from Conrad Selinski. This is Night City. Sunset.
that was Night City Sunset by Conrad Selinski. And we're back. We're listening to cool music. We're having a fun catch-up. On the subject of Superman, have you ever watched Superman 4, The Quest for Peace? That's one of my favorite ones, man. I named one of my Christmas compilation albums, The Quest for Peace. It's Christmas time for The Quest for Peace. Have you actually watched it, though? It's my one of my favorite movies. It's crazy. It's like uh, it's like Rocky Four. It's like just bananas. It's stupid. A lot of it doesn't make sense. And it's just like so good to watch. Like Superman 3, I wouldn't watch it again because I don't care. But Superman 4 and like Rocky Four, I would watch all day long. They're just so insanely late 80s. It's got the canon feel because it's the different producers. It's garbage, but hot garbage. What surprises me, because I was shocked. I had not seen Quest for Peace since I was like a kid. And I put it on one day and it's shockingly bad. Yeah. But bad in a way that's like, I can't believe this went to theaters. Like, it's so cheap looking. The effects are like so bad that it was like shocking in a way. Like, I don't remember it being that horrible. Like, it looks terrible yeah it's a canon film officially wasn't the story of canon they were like kind of producers in the movies where they were like we're gonna take a bunch of money make a really shitty movie and run away with the money yeah i think the story is because christopher reeve directed it and apparently like it was meant to be better <laughs> like because there's a whole bunch of scenes that happen that don't even make sense because you know they filmed something but they piece it together in a funny way because remember there's like one scene in part four where he's like an old man for like a second yeah and then he like gets some orb and gets his power back but they never explain why it's just sort of all of a sudden you just see him with like this weird makeup <laughs> and it's like are we missing like half an hour of this movie like why why is this <laughs> happening and why does he look like that and they don't even bother explaining it that movie is lacking Richard Pryor yeah <laughs> That movie is fucking crazily bad. I was shocked. Like, the opening sequence, it's directed like it's a comedy or something, but it's so, so off that it's very interesting. You talking about the sun baby coming to Earth? (laughs) I'm always talking about that. (laughs) Uh, It turned into a fake laugh there at the end. I love that. It's good to call it out, like, halfway through. Just... (laughs) fake it's because my my cat is on my lap here but leaning into my diaphragm so i can't get my air right Mm. (laughs) so i force it through Uh, but i'm honest i'm an honest guy hey man that's the best part about being honest what is being honest (laughs) wow all right i think i'm in official brain shutdown mode so let's listen to some yate uh had him on the show this year he's a lot of fun of course you've uh heard his voice in some of the fake commercials and stuff Uh, he's a cool guy this was from his album shadow work this is muddy water featuring zeta jewel Yeah. 
And that was Muddy Water featuring Zeta Jewel by Yate from the album Shadow Work. Uh, cool guy, cool show, cool times, cool stuff. I'm here with Mike <laughs> Mendoza. Oh, no. We're just listening to lots of songs and catching up. Cool, Mendoza. We, uh, we've we been having a good time, but uh, I was only planning to do one show with you, but I feel like we're going to go along. So how about you stick around, uh, and we'll keep chatting, and we'll keep listening to more music in the next episode. How about that? All right, tune in to the next episode, and we'll tell you how to submit your entries for Andy's publishing clearing policy. <laughs> My oh, yeah. mouth just broke. <laughs> And yes, so for everybody listening, we'll be back soon with more tracks and more catching up, because that's what we do here at Beyond Synth. That's a track-happy, catch-up-happy show with, uh, um, hmm. how about you sign off? Say goodbye to the audience and tell them to tune in next time. I believe I already did that when I told them to submit their entries for the next episode, and then we'll find out who wins. Oh, that's true. So next week, stay tuned, or next week, this might even be in a few days, stay tuned for the, the sweepstakes aspect that I know we didn't record because we are recording this <laughs> afterwards, so... <laughs> anyway, that's an editing joke. Okay, listen, we'll talk to you soon. We'll listen to more music. Everybody out there in Radioland, stay tuned to the next episode of Beyond Synth. It's a good time. And I know because I was there. What? Until the next episode, I'm just going to go ahead and hit pause. Beyond Synth Radio is produced by Andy Last. Check the show notes for more information on the musicians featured on the show. Consider supporting Beyond Synth at patreon.com slash beyondsynth. Thanks for listening.